So I don't know if you've noticed, but I paid $4.40. This is, uh, we're recording this on March 25th. So I paid $4.40 for gas uh, earlier this week and I nearly threw up in my mouth. But uh, for those of you not paying attention, inflation is kind of a thing right now. And, and some of us are battling it in different ways. But one of the questions we keep getting asked is, okay, well, if inflation is a thing and I've got money to invest, where should I go? Like, what are some of the kind of the tips and tricks, no pun intended there, and that'll make sense in a minute, but what are some of the tips and tricks on where to, to go put money so that you can fight inflation? And so I thought we'd spend a few minutes today talking about three or four different things where you have the ability to at least hedge against the inflation and kind of keep up with it. So Mary, you had mentioned a couple of things this morning uh, that, that you had been talking about, and I've got a couple sort of loaded up that I've been thinking about. Yeah, I mean, I think real estate is always uh, a good inflation hedge because it's a hard asset. And so you typically see if you're buying land or, or, or even buildings, you see that as, um, as inflation kind of takes off, the value of that keeps pace with whatever is happening in the inflationary environment. And so, you know, I think real estate is good for two reasons. One, if you have rental income coming in, as inflation goes up, generally the rents do as well. Um, but right. then there's also the underlying value of the property itself. Yeah, and, and the other thing, because we, we're in the process of doing quite a bit of research on our own land and property uh, out in Colorado and in doing some of the research on, and I'm, I don't play a tax guy on TV, <laughs> uh, but I did say it all again. So is the depreciation and all of the other write-offs that kind of come with a real estate property and, and the ability to sort of take advantage of, of some really cool things in the tax code so that it's not just income coming in, but you have the ability to soften the blow of some of that income, which is really nice. Yeah, uh, especially when you need every single penny of it. Uh, that's right. I think Kiyosaki once said that, you know, the the most expensive income to earn is W-2 income because there, there's not a lot of write-offs on that. So I, I would 100% agree with that. Yeah. And one of the things I'd thought about earlier this week was, you know, there's an old joke by Will Rogers is you should always invest in, in inflation because it's the only thing going up. <laughs> um, and I thought, you know, one of the things out there is something called a TIPS and I'm going to botch the, the acronym, uh, treasury invested, uh, treasury backed, basically it's a treasury backed bond. But it, it, I don't even know the stupid initials. Uh, they're tips. So this is the tips and tricks part of it, right? So it, the, what happens in a tip is that the, the bond rate is indexed for inflation. And so every roughly six months, you're going to get a bump up or a bump down because if inflation is falling, uh, you'll get a bump up or bump down, but at least it's indexed to inflation. And the neat thing about the, the tips is it's a fairly short-term hold. It's like you've got to go buy this. 30 year bond where you've got to hold it until you're old and gray. Uh, you, you've got the ability to kind of a fairly short turn and you have the ability to have that automatically indexed to the, to the CPI, of which I do know that consumer price index. I can't, I gotta make fun of you for just a second. I'm sorry, I can't. You should I, because I've talked because, about tips in a month. Because, because you do realize, you do realize that a tip, like a tips is a, Treasury inflation protected security. There you go. <laughs> like I'm just so much... laughing that here we are talking about inflation protection and we can't remember the initials for tips. I, I am sorry. I, I got to throw this in there too <laughs> because Albert Einstein said 
don't remember anything that you can look up. It's a waste of brain space and energy. So I'm just claiming that the reason we can't remember that is because we're geniuses like Albert Einstein. I'm just <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I, it's funny because I hate January every year because someone says, "Well, how much can I put in my 401k? How much can I put in my IRA?" And I'm like, I have no idea. Every yeah. year it changes. I got, it's January. I've got to go look it up. You know. Uh, that's why I got invented Google. So there you go. Uh, was it God that invented Google? Yeah, I had to have been at some point, right? Divine intervention. Anyways, I'm sorry. As an aside, I just had to go there for a second. Oh, that's funny. <clears throat> okay. All right. You'd mentioned a couple. We had, I think we had two more that you, we had talked about earlier, but what, you, you had mentioned insurance on that side of it. Yeah, actually, um, so I had a really long conversation with a client yesterday evening. Uh, I try not to work evenings, but sometimes you just, uh, you have to, right? And um, we ended up talking about things that you can do to um, to really like deal with inflation in a, in a financial plan. And, you know, for anyone who's been listening, we've spent a lot of time talking about integrating um, actuarial science and uh, investments, right? I mean, having both of those, they're different tools meant to do different things. And so he was asking some questions about the insurance side of the plan. And on the insurance component, insurance, uh, whole life insurance in particular, has kind of a natural inflation hedge built into it. Because what when you think about the bulk of the underlying uh, investments for the insurance company, they're fixed return vehicles. And if you think about uh, fiscal policy and how the Fed deals with inflation, typically they begin to increase interest rates in order to curb inflation. And so if you have increasing interest rates, then the underlying vehicles have higher returns, the fixed return vehicles, right, whether it's bonds or whatever it may be. And so as you start to see the higher yields, that actually shows up as return inside of the insurance contract. And so right. you've got this sort of natural baked in inflation hedge for the insurance component of the plan. Um, and then specifically that becomes really important when you get to distribution as well, because if you can optimize your income and you have 30 to 70% more income because of the distribution strategies, not because of return, but because of the distribution strategies, then you, you, you've sort of dealt with it because if you've got 50% more income, it takes a long time before you get to the point where that income spends like what you would have had in the alternate scenario. And if you consider that inflation exists, whether you're in an investment only program or an investment and insurance program, you're ahead because you've been more efficient with what you're doing. Yeah, you get more money to fight against it. Right. Yeah, and the thing I love about the insurance side of it is sort of there's a there's this one to two year delay on both ends of, of either an inflationary environment or where the interest rates are going up and where the interest rates are dropping because they're holding the bonds for such a long period of time. It, and that's the whole idea of the super bond concept that we talked about two or three podcasts ago, where yeah. this idea of, you know, they're floors and floors and floors are really nerdy bond traders. And because they're thinking in terms of decades and decades and decades, they can hold these bonds all the way to maturity. They're not having to sell them in and out. And so they may still have bonds that they bought 20 or 30 years ago when the environment was different. But as those, those come off, and, and so you have that a little bit of a delay, which is really great when interest rates are dropping. Because mm -hmm. they still have all of these bonds that are paying out at a higher rate, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Um, 
you think about the fact that an insurance contract requires premium to be paid as those premium dollars come in, they're being invested at the new rates. Right. Yeah. Okay, so that's good. And then now it will be. Right now it's going to be amazing. Yeah. And so the, the last one I think on this list is really gold. Uh, the, the classic hedge against inflation. Uh, when more dollars are being printed, you want something that doesn't have inflating dollars, right? You that that or the, the base of a currency isn't inflating. And one of the interesting things you and I have been talking about for the last, I don't know, seven months, I think, is mm -hmm. we saw a lot last year as inflation was first starting to get kicked up that and we expected gold prices to shoot through the roof. Right. And if, if inflation's going up, we the classic playbook for what to do in a bad environment says we go buy gold and silver. And both of those had a really bad year uh, mm -hmm. functionally last year. This year it's not so bad, but one of the things I think we've seen is people are sort of looking through that environment or thinking, well, maybe crypto is another avenue for that. And it's so I, I think gold and crypto maybe is an asterisk or is an honorable mention. Is some of that piece because it doesn't it doesn't expand as yeah. as markets expand. I think what's interesting about that in particular is that I think there were a lot of people who expected the cryptocurrencies to act um, the way gold does, and what we actually saw happening last year is that crypto behaved more like an equity, and so yep. it really wasn't the contra asset that I think a lot of investors expected it to be. And so at least among the people that um, I spend a lot of time talking to that maybe went heavy into the crypto market, a lot of them have pulled back and gone in back into gold with yeah. portions of their, their portfolio. And so I think uh, looking, looking at any asset that is a finite asset gives you a little bit of a hedge against inflation because you deal with kind of classic supply and demand issues. And so if the supply is limited because the asset itself is finite, then the value will likely go up, especially in times of heavy inflation. Yeah. And we've really seen that this year as gold prices have started to, to rebound the back, back to kind of where I would have expected them to be last year. I think everybody kind of got, well, that didn't work out so well. So right. let's, let's go back to the tried and true. So these are just a few things that you guys can look at as you're entering an inflationary period and some things to, to sort of explore. And we can definitely help you with some of those things, even if we don't know how to spell tips, we know how they work. And that's the important part. The important part, right. So um, Eric, if they're looking for you, where can they find you? Uh, Instagram and Facebook at Economics with Eric, and then on LinkedIn as well. How about and you? If you're looking for me, you can find me at The Wealth One. I can't even say my own name today. You can find me at The Wealth Woman, uh, either on Instagram or Facebook or on LinkedIn. Thanks. Have a great week.